And again, if you can, if you can get your foot in the door, again, whether that's writing or photography or, or anything else in the outdoor industry or elsewhere, if you can get your foot in the door in some small way, uh, you're, you're putting yourself in a position to prove to the people who matter that you can do the job. The Life in Motion podcast is brought to you by Actual Outdoors. They help build beautiful brands that highlight the approachable and authentic parts of outdoor recreation. Said simply, they keep it real. Learn more at actualoutdoors.com. This is a Life in Motion audio experience, a podcast about travel, action sports, culture, and more. What's up, and welcome to episode 184 of Life in Motion. I've got Ryan with me from Trails Magazine that's all about backpacking, through hiking, and the multi-day adventure crowd. I'm excited to hear his story and how they're helping the outdoors with every issue. Ryan, thanks for being on the show today. Hey, Jeremy. Thanks for having me. Yes, I'm excited to have you on and I'm excited, uh, you know, as I mentioned before we started recording, kind of uh, to hear the story of, of kind of this this journey um, as, as it started. But before we do that, let's kind of start with kind of the origin story, I guess, of, you know, who Ryan is, you know, where are you from, where you grew up, kind of what, what kind of led you into the outdoors um, in the first place and then ultimately, obviously, the publication side of things. Sure. Yeah. Um, so I'm from upstate New York originally, a uh, small town outside of Saratoga, um, if anybody's familiar, not too far from the Adirondack Mountains. I, I grew up, my family grew up, you know, car camping and, um, you know, doing doing things like that when I was, since I was really, really little. But I probably got into hiking and backpacking when I was, man, sometime in middle school. Um, wow. And uh, Backpacker Magazine was kind of a big influence on me, first magazine I ever subscribed to. So I, I started doing that stuff stuff really early. Um, and that eventually kind of grew into, you know, like I said, hiking and backpacking and climbing and backcountry skiing and just about everything else at this point. But uh, that's that's probably the origins of my my outdoor um, resume, I guess. But like I mentioned, Backpacker was the first magazine that I ever subscribed to. Um, and I when I was in college, uh, was going for a journalism degree and decided I was going to start pitching them stories. Um, and it was, I think, my junior year of college that I, I started actually writing for Backpacker. And um, long story short, that kind of turned into a, a freelance writing career in the outdoor industry. Primarily, I spent, you know, better part of, of a, a decade writing for Backpacker and Outside and Rock and Ice and Gear Junkie and just about everybody else you can think of. So that's uh, that's kind of how we got here, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So kind of going back to uh, you know, kind of you mentioned being in in middle school and kind of really getting to the the hiking and backpacking scene. Then um, is you know, it sounds like you you're obviously pretty pretty serious about it at that time. Um, a, a little more serious, you know. When I think of you know that middle school ish age or or whatnot, you know, it's a lot of exploring and playing in the woods. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like, like I said, you were a little more serious. What what was it about it that kind of um, I guess that that captured so much of your attention and focus? Um, like I said, especially at kind of a, a young age. There, that's a good question. I, I, it's not entirely clear to me, to be completely honest. Like I, I, I grew up, or when I was growing up, I, I played a little little league and things like that. But I wasn't a big, you know, uh, organized sports kid. Um, but I always appreciated being active and doing things and. Um, I liked spending time in the Adirondack Mountains. People kind of forget about them if you're not from back east, but they're they're spectacular. Um, 
And I don't know, climbing the mountains. I, I think I, I, my buddies and I originally started by climbing. There's a, a list in the Adirondacks of the, it's called the 46ers. It's 46 mountains over 4,000 feet. Um, and started kind of doing that and trying to tick those mountains off. And um, in the process, that kind of became backpacking or backpacking became necessary to take off some of those mountains. So it, I don't know, it was just, it was something that kind of kept me motivated and something that I always looked forward to doing even before, you know, <laughs> in the beginning, it was my dad driving my buddies and I to go to go on these hikes because we were too young <laughs> to drive ourselves. Um, and yeah, it was just, I enjoyed spending time out there. I, I had a handful of friends who I did all that stuff with and I enjoyed spending time with them. And, um, I don't know if I can really explain it. It was just, just something that I, I, you know, kind of clicked with me early on. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. And, it, and it's cool that, you know, your, your parents, um, you know, kind of backing to do that. Uh, you know, when I, when I was a kid, I grew up, you know, riding, riding BMX bikes. So my dad would, you know, kind of same thing. I couldn't drive. So he'd drive me to the skate park and kind of that thing, but, you know, driving, driving your kids to, uh, a, a trail on a mountain and, and say, okay, you know, go, go ahead is, is a little bit different. I feel like from a parent's perspective. So it's really cool. Um, that that support for was there. sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll also say my, my dad, he, he'll always say he enjoyed spending time with, with me as a kid, but he was not a hiker or a backpacker. He was like <laughs> kind of, you know, he did it cause it's what we wanted to do. We, I, I can still remember one of our very first backpacking trips, um, driving and just being just a couple miles from the trailhead and, and, him saying things like, Oh, we just passed that resort. I'll, I'll pay for it. If you guys don't like, would you rather do that than go backpacking and, you know, trying to bribe us into doing something other than carrying a backpack for, for a long weekend. But um, yeah, I was, I was lucky that he was, you know, if not enthusiastic, at least willing to, to do that stuff with us. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. And I love that. Oh yeah. That uh, looks nice and cozy and, and a nice night up there uh, across the way. Why don't we just stay there instead of uh, out here? <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Uh, but very no, much looking for alternatives. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, su super cool to, uh, you know, su to support you all and, and uh, you know, tough it, tough it out in that, in that sense, um, which obviously, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I'm sure attributed to kind of the, um, propulsion into, to everything. So, so, you know, you, you mentioned, uh, you know, obviously kind of stayed, stayed within that lifestyle, obviously, and then got to, uh, college and started writing, um, and ultimately wanted to, um, write for uh, backpacker, but, and it, it's cool, I guess, one that you had the, um, the opportunity to match, uh, a career with something that you love, AKA the outdoors and kind of figure out how to make that work. Mm -hmm. Where, and so that's what I think is interesting. So where, I guess, did the love for, I guess, writing, I guess, come from? Um, and then obviously, obviously transitioning that to the outdoors as well. But where did that initial kind of spark come from in that sense? Um, it was pretty late, honestly. I, I was not a big fan of writing through most of school. It, it really took until, I don't even remember, I took a class in like maybe my junior year of high school that was the first first class that allowed me to write something other than, you know, the, the a literary analysis of <laughs> Sylvia Plath or something like that. You know, <laughs> I was able to, to kind of pick what I wanted to write about and, and write about something that actually interested me. Um, and it really wasn't until then that I was, I was able to 
to look at writing as, oh, this is this is actually kind of enjoyable. Um, after that, it was I, I I think I always had to some degree an interest in journalism and wasn't really sure what kind of journalism I played with with sports journalism. I played with you know straightforward kind of newspaper stuff in college, um, and I to be honest don't think I recognized writing in the outdoor industry as being a potential career uh, until much later even when I started writing for backpacker it was it was just something it was cool it was fun um it was nice to see my name in in a magazine like that and it was a little bit of extra cash when I was in college but it was never something never something that I looked at as this is this is I'm doing this as a career move, you know. Yeah. Um, so it, it, it more or less happened by accident. It, I started writing for them and I was very lucky to find an editor over there who was kind of willing to take a chance on me. Um, but I started writing for them and that slowly grew into being a somewhat regular thing. And, you know, once you're in that kind of position, you can you can use that to to pick up work for other publications you know you start to build clips and can do it more and it's one of those things that just kind of snowballed um and only event you know it was years later but it, it eventually became a a full-time career for me um, again more more accidentally than anything else yeah, that's that's awesome. And, you know, I, I don't know the the publication industry to this extent. So it, it, it but it seems kind of surprising to me. Maybe it's common or uncommon, but uh, for for a junior in you know college or whatnot to get that first opportunity, um, you know, obviously to gain the attention of the editor. What I guess what what were like those first, you know, uh, I guess pitches or, or whatever you call them kind of what were they about? Were they like about your experiences, other stories like tips and outdoors? Like what was that? I guess that maybe that, like that first story that like caught caught their eye like, hey, you know, I really like what Ryan's up to um, or here or the point he's making or whatever. Let's let's give mm-hmm. him a shot and let's see what our, our audience thinks about it. Yeah, I'll say I don't think it you know, I don't know actually how common it is for for college students to be writing for big national publications, but I don't think it should be uncommon. Um, you know, these writing freelance writing for a magazine isn't like, isn't like another job. They're not, they don't care about your resume. They care about the idea that you're pitching them and, you know, having some kind of proof that you can write it is, is obviously beneficial, but it's, it's not like a, Oh, he's not, he's not old enough. He doesn't have enough experience to write this. So, you know, that, that doesn't really matter. I think the first stories that I started pitching for them were um, in what's called the like the departments, the, the front section of the magazine that houses all the you know, regular story kind of rubrics that are in every issue. Backpacker used to have have some some um, in every issue. They had a handful of what they called weekends at the time. And it was, you know, one page, just a couple hundred word uh guide basically to a backpacking trip that you could do in a long weekend within some, you know, within driving distance of a big populated area. And I was going to school in Rhode Island at the time. And the first story that I landed with them was what I still believe to be the only backpacking uh, that you can do in the state of Rhode Island, <laughs> um, which was, was kind of funny to write about. Um, they, they didn't, it, it didn't really seem to me like they had 
a ton of uh, Northeast and East Coast expertise at the time. So I, I think that's why I had so much success is I was able to kind of pitch myself as, you know, a little bit of an expert on something that they didn't have an expert in. Um, you know, they, they, there was not a lot of competition for, for people writing about East Coast destinations for Backpacker Magazine. So um, I think that's kind of where things started for me. Um, definitely a little bit easier to start pitching some of those stories that are a little bit more formulaic, for lack of a better word, um, and shorter. And, you know, you, you do a couple of those and you establish, I establish myself as kind of the expert in this one niche uh, and use that to show them that I can actually write. And then it kind of grows from there. Yeah, that's awesome. And and yeah, the the reason I well one it, it's cool hearing that story, but also wanted to dig deeper or ask that that follow up question was you know for any you know college kids that are listening to this now, um, you know you know shoot shoot your shot. You know if it's something that that you like, you know whether totally. writing or or photography or video or you know whatever that content is about whatever you love, because um, you know you. you who knows the worst, the worst that could happen is they ignore you. Right. So, uh, but you might just get a shot. So yep. go for it. <laughs> so, yeah. So I, I mean, and, and like I said, especially in the writing space, the, these people care a whole lot less about your experience and your, your, you know, I don't know, your, your, whatever your, your degrees and grades and all that kind of stuff than they do. Just, can you write and do you have good ideas? That's, that's what's important. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think it's cool, cool for people to hear that from somebody who's, who's done it, you know? Um, so, mm -hmm. so, so that's awesome. And obviously, so that, that kind of kicked off, kind of snowballed, gave you a bunch of different opportunities. Um, so, and then, so, and I got obviously, you know, started, um, when you were a junior, how, how long did kind of that, um, stint, I guess, kind of go on before, uh, trails magazine? Um, I mean, eight or nine years, I, I think it was so trails uh, where trails came from. I don't know if I'm jumping the gun here at all, but it uh, Backpacker Magazine went out of print about uh, man, or they announced it in the spring of uh, spring of 2022, um, laid a bunch of people off and decided they weren't going to be printing a magazine anymore. And, and to be honest, I had never really at all thought about starting my own magazine until Backpacker was gone. And then it felt like something that I needed to do. So it was, it, uh, you know, I was freelance writing up until that point. I was still, you know, I had a successful freelance writing career and didn't really, you know, wasn't really looking to make a change. Um, but, uh, the loss of backpacker kind of forced my hand, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And that, you know, makes, makes sense. So what, you know, cause you were still, you know, as you mentioned, kind of freelancing at the time and, you know, had, had stuff going on, you know, once, <laughs> once they went out of print, but what, was there something specifically, like, obviously, as you mentioned, there's, there's that need there that, you know, you felt like something was missing. You needed to do something. Was it, was it just the type of story, yeah. just the, the content or like what, I guess, what was that really thing that was just like nagging you, I guess, like, Hey, I got to do this now. Um, I, I mean, like I said, Backpacker was, it was the first magazine that I ever subscribed to as a kid. And it was, it was pretty influential, I think on me again, as a, a middle schooler who, you know, grew up North in the Northeast and never really had a, tr a chance to, to take trips out West or, or anything like that. And, you know, my my dad came backpacking, but he wasn't a backpacker. So I, I didn't really have people around me to, to teach me things or I didn't really have a good way to 
to educate myself on gear and different skills things and and destinations especially i used to print out these pictures from from backpacker and or, or uh, cut them out and pin them up places just destinations out in the rockies and in the northwest that i wanted to go someday um it, it was and it was it was just you know influential to me i think as a as a young kid and it felt you know the i always thought it was interesting that climbing or skiing or whatever there's a bunch of different climbing magazines and there's a bunch of different skiing magazines but backpacking which um arguably has more people participating in it than than either of those outdoor activities uh only ever really had backpacker talking specifically to to that community um so without it it felt like it felt like there was a pretty huge hole um and that was it more than anything else i felt like we needed to do something to fill that hole and fill it for other people and other people who were you know other kids who were in the same position that i was as as a middle schooler um it uh it felt important to fill that hole as you know to to create something different and 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 the same at the same time to fill that gap for people yeah absolutely and that yeah that that makes sense kind of wanting to you know not necessarily kind of relive your childhood but give give the other people that are kind of within industry kind of that that same uh, experience that you had from that time um and to continue that on so so once you kind of made you know that your 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 mind up hey this is what i'm doing uh with trails and everything what what i guess what was the sort of the process like to um get I guess, get that, that published, get, start getting stories, whether that's, you know, interviewing people or other, other, um, uh, other writers, that kind of stuff. What, what is, what was that kind of process, I guess, on, on the back end sort of look like to kind of get everything up and going? Yeah. Yeah. It was a lot. I mean, I, obviously I'm, I'm not coming out of left field here. I, I have some experience in the industry, but my experience in the industry is writing and a little bit of editing. And there's just so much more that goes into a magazine than that. Um, that I hadn't really thought about. So um, we, I, I came up with the idea in the spring of 2022, and it was uh, end of August that we launched our Kickstarter. Um, and I think our, our Kickstarter, I think our initial goal was $10,000 or something like that, which is what I had estimated would be the absolute minimum that we could use to print a magazine. You know, that would, that would get it done, but that would mean me doing all the design and not paying our writers as well as I would like, and uh, you know, not hiring anybody else to help with the editing or or anything like that. It would have meant some very late nights for me. Um, and uh, you know, but I think within 25 hours we had we had surpassed that goal, and by the end of our <laughs> Kickstarter, we raised close to thirty thousand dollars. So. Um, which was great because that allowed us to, um, you know, I was very quickly, once I saw we were on that trajectory, able to bring on some other editors and hire a designer and um, and make the magazine a little bit bigger and, and commit to creating something that was going to be really, really good. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's kind of how it started, but it was it was quite a process between and then again from you know, our Kickstarter in the fall to, we printed issue one in February of this year. Um, 
there was a lot. There's a lot to, you know, as a, I like to say, as a as a writer, I always was writing something or creating something to fit inside of a box made by somebody else. You know, some the magazine already existed. I was I was creating something to to, to fit inside of that magazine. Um, here, everything was up for grabs. Everything needed to be thought through down to, you know, color of the, the text on the pages, the fonts we're using in different places, the, the how, how we're doing the margins, how we are, you know, what kind of style are we using with some of the written copy, what, uh, where are we putting photo captions, everything. And it was, you know, I had a good team beside me at that point to help make a lot of those decisions, but it was it was really eye-opening to see just how how much thought goes into things like this and and to create something like that for the ground from the ground up it was it was very exciting but uh quite the learning curve and um quite a bit of work yeah well I, yeah no i'm i'm sure there's there's a lot of those little details that um you know not everybody kind of thinks about when they see you know just a magazine if they're not um within the industry especially so and it's and it's cool you know obviously that you were able to uh triple your your goal for kickstarter you know i think that kind of spoke or speaks mm-hmm. to um you know the the backpacking community you know wanting something like that and and needing something like that and then you know to your point that that budget opened up you know the the possibilities for all the things that you just covered as far as designing and editor and writings and and everything else to really you know produce something yeah, that is exactly high high quality um in in that sense and, and if i'm not mistaken on the website it says it's uh is it quarterly that it comes out we are quarterly yeah quarterly so so w- with that you know obviously you you have a um a, a team i guess what are are there like you know i guess when you're you're building out um i i guess you know the the layout or or, or topics or whatnot are there like you know, core, you know, each, each, um, issue has this, 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 and this in it. And then obviously just different stories within those different categories or like, what, what is that kind of that mm-hmm. build out process for each issue look like? Um, cause I'm, you know, it's not, I'm sure you're working on, uh, you know, issue number two, you know, uh, before issue number one was launched. I, I mean, I would assume it takes, you know, longer than that yeah, to kind of pull yeah. everything together. So, <laughs> Yeah. Um, so one of the biggest discussions that we had, the first person who I brought on board was um, my friend Stacia Stockwell, who was another backpacker alum and, and longtime freelancer. And um, I had a lot of conversations with her early on about, um, frankly, the things we did and didn't like about not just backpacker, but the whole, uh, you know, outdoor magazine publishing space. Um, and one of the things we talked about was, you know, some of these magazines feel so, so formulaic. Um, you know, you, you know exactly what you're going to get. It's this and this and this in the front of the magazine and then a couple features and then this and this in the back of the magazine. And, um, you know, frankly, it, it, things like that made it easy for somebody like me to, to start working for a backpacker so early in my career. But um, it, it, it creates kind of a predictable product for readers. Um, so yes, we do have um, have those rubrics and those departments, a handful of of things that we repeat with every issue, a couple columns. Um, but for the most part, we we're trying to stay a little bit more fluid and a little bit more flexible. And 
um, and uh, open to to different ideas and different story types and and that kind of thing. So yeah, there's a little bit of that, but we're we're a little bit more fluid than maybe the traditional magazine. Yeah, we definitely. I mean, we just printed issue four. We are well into edits on issue five right now. Um, and we've got stories assigned for six, seven, and eight. Uh, so it's, you know, every issue that goes by, we, we get a little bit better at this and we assign stories a little bit further out and, and, you know, plan and piece things together a little bit further out, which is cool. But yeah, definitely, definitely a lengthening runway to, to putting these magazines together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm sure. And that was, you know, uh, I figured my time frame was even a little uh, short when I, when I had the example, but um, but I, and I like your your approach as you mentioned, where it's not so um, formulated as in you know, I mean obviously they still kind of know what they get, but it's a little bit different. So I feel like that helps you know probably from the um, consumers kind of interest um, or keeping their interest, I should say. Yeah. What has what has kind of like been the the response, I guess, so far? Um, with everything and, and what you've printed and then, you know, obviously maybe even on like the back end too, you know, as you're working on, on, um, uh, you know, stories for the, you know, uh, issue five or, or whatnot in the future ones, what is, what is kind of that, that response mm -hmm. been around like now that it's a, a thing? It's, it's been good. I mean, it's, it's hard to complain. We, we, you know, the people who are subscribing and seeing the magazine are, are really enjoying it, which is, is awesome to hear. I mean, we're, we're, you know, working really hard not to be complacent. Um, and, you know, because we're a small team and a different kind of magazine than, than a lot of the other ones out there, we are able to be a little bit more nimble and trying to be a little bit more nimble and, and innovating with the things that we're, we're putting in the magazine, the stories and the, the types of stories and, and all that. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think the response has been good. I've been, I've been lucky and thankful that that, you know, things have been moving in the right direction. The people who are seeing the magazine love it. And, you know, our, our, our subscriber numbers have, have been growing pretty consistently. Um, but we are certainly not settling, definitely trying to, to, you know, keep people on their toes a little bit, I guess. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's, and it's awesome to hear, hear that response and, um, you know, I, you know, as you know, as you mentioned, kind of keeping people on their toes and, you know, obviously, you know, coming, coming up shortly on the, uh, year mark, if I'm not mistaken, uh, I guess early next year, but mm -hmm. what, what, what is kind of like the long-term, uh, you know, vision or, or something that, that you would like to, you know, see it go, or maybe even, I guess, do, uh, from an impact standpoint, kind of as, as you continue to, to grow and build upon what you've already done? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, we're, we're early enough that, you know, we're, we're definitely still a little bit in that phase where, you know, we're just trying to make this as sustainable as we can. <laughs> and, you know, I'm, I'm, I have goals for what I want the magazine to look like, certainly. Um, you know, I have a, page count in mind every issue that we've printed so far has gotten physically larger um and i have have a you know an ideal page length that i'm that we're working towards and you know we're we're every issue paying more contributors and paying our contributors on average a little bit better so i have a you know i have an objective that i i want to be paying all of our contributors this much by you know whenever um so we definitely have some goals on that end i, I think you know backpacker left some pretty big shoes to fill 
um, you know, as much as they might not have been, uh, you know, the same magazine when they shut down as they were 20 or 30, you know, whatever years ago. Um, I still hear from so many people who, uh, you know, who subscribed to Backpacker when it first started printing 50 years ago. Um, and, you know, hear from, from them and, you know, younger folks like me who kind of, who, you know, use Backpacker like a handrail as they were starting backpacking and just hearing the, the things that it did for people and how much they loved it. Um, I hope that we can, you know, in 50 years, we have people talking about us the same way, but um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of the goal. I, 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 you know, I don't want, don't have any, any desire to turn this into a big media empire or, or, <laughs> you know, start a TV station or anything like that. I, I, we just want to make really good magazines and, um, we want to make a magazine that people hopefully enjoy. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I love that. And, and, you know, it sounds like, you know, you're, you're doing everything to, you know, uh, cross the T's and not the I's, I guess, which is also funny because we're talking about a publication, but, um, uh, <laughs> to, to do yeah, that, you know, making sure you're, <laughs> you know, making sure you're doing, you know, from, you know, not only, you know, supporting the the team that's helping it put it all together, but also, you know, giving, giving people a, a quality from a story, but also a story standpoint, um, but also quality from the, the actual quality of the magazine and, and everything like that to, to build mm-hmm. that and ultimately inspire others, you know, to, to get outside and stay outside and everything like that. So I love that. Yep. Yep. Exactly. So, uh, bef- before I ask, um, my, uh, my typical final question, is there anything that I might not have covered or forgot to ask about, um, that, you know, would be, I guess, helpful for, for, uh, the audience? Um, I mean, I, I think the only thing that's, that's worth saying is, you know, backpacker, you know, not to disparage them, they, they shut down for a reason, right? That I call them those, those grocery store style magazines. You know, I, I think everybody kind of knows what, what we're talking about there. The, the glossy, a subscription is really cheap. You get it on the, on the checkout aisle kind of magazines. Um, those magazines are really dependent on their advertisers and advertising in print is not what it used to be. Um, which makes it difficult for magazines like that to, to keep, keep their revenue where it needs to be. Um, we're trying to do something. The reason I, I thought that this could work at all in the wake of, of our, of, of our predecessor shutting down was, you know, we're doing this in a, following a different model here. Um, and I'll, I'll say it's not a model that we invented. Certainly, you know, we're following in the footsteps of, of publications like Mountain Gazette and Adventure Journal and Alpinist, those kind of kind of magazines to an extent. They're a little bit more lower frequency, higher quality, um, you know, more focused on storytelling and photography and that kind of thing. And, you know, higher quality paper and bigger, physically bigger magazines and far fewer advertising. We, we really rely on our, uh, on our readers and our subscribers more than, more than we do any advertisers. Um, so, you know, I won't take credit for inventing that type of model. We were following in the footsteps of a lot of, uh, a lot of other good publications, but um, we are definitely, definitely a little bit different than, than, uh, 
then the magazines were replacing it. Yeah, no, I agree. And it's, and it's cool because as you mentioned, not being reliant on the, um, the, the advertisement, you know, it's more about building, building the community and that loyalty that way, um, through, through each, um, issue or whatnot. So that's, that's awesome to hear. And, and yeah. kind of, uh, sounds yeah, like our, everything's kind our, of in the right direction. Our customer is our, uh, reader instead of our, an advertiser, you know, that is who we're making this product for, which, and unfortunately a lot of other magazines, the, the, people that they're making the magazine for are their advertisers. The, the readers are kind of secondary. Um, so, you know, we, we trust our readers to, to chip in for something that they truly enjoy and believe in. And, and, you know, from what we've seen so far, we've been lucky that, that they're very willing to do that. Yeah, absolutely. So, so one thing I always like to ask our guests is, uh, you know, one piece of advice that our listeners can take away and, you know, I think your story is really interesting, you know, from from college to obviously where it is now. A lot has happened in that. And we kind of brushed on this a little bit earlier. But when it when it comes to somebody that wants to get into the outdoor space from, uh, I guess, a media perspective, you know, whether it's a magazine or photos or anything like that, you know, with your experience, you know, kind of doing that as a college student to now kind of being the um you know, the, the, the main one at, uh, trails, you know, what, I guess, what would your piece of advice for be to somebody that's, that's interested in kind of taking, you know, whatever their passion is in the outdoors and turning that into a career, or maybe they're, maybe they're, you know, looking at it the same way that you did, you know, Hey, I'm just doing this for fun. And you didn't really know mm-hmm. it could turn anything, but what, what would you ultimately, like, if there's one piece of advice, you know, suggest to them to get their foot or help get their foot in the door, um, with, with, uh, any of those kind of media outlets, I guess. Yeah. I think what I tell everybody, and, and I think this applies beyond just, just journalism as well, but it's, it's find your niche, find something that, you know, is, is somewhat specific that you can be really good at and that will, you know, put you in demand with, with, publications with employers whatever that is something that you can be an expert on and and use to set yourself apart it doesn't need to be a big thing it it you know it can be a fairly small thing but but you know put yourself in a position so that when a publication or whoever says we need somebody to talk about this you're the guy um and that that makes makes you a commodity in some small way and again, if you can, if you can get your foot in the door, again, whether that's writing or photography or, or anything else in the outdoor industry or elsewhere, if you can get your foot in the door in some small way, uh, you're, you're putting yourself in a position to prove to the people who matter that you can do the job. And that's, that's how I got lucky. I made myself um, an expert in, in the Adirondacks in in the mountains in the Northeast and you know, when they needed that, they came to me and were willing to take a risk on me. And once they did that, I was able to show them that I could actually do the job and and things opened up from there. But I think that's a really valuable, valuable way to go for people is, is to find find a niche and find something you can be an expert in and, and lean into it. Absolutely. I, I love that. I think all, all great points and, and great advice there from that point. Um, so where, where can people find you online? Uh, where can they, uh, subscribe 
all those good things. Uh, trailsmag.net is, is you can buy back copies there and subscribe and all that. We're also on, on social media at, at uh, Instagram's just at trailsmag or, you know, various other places where we're pretty easy to find. Awesome. Well, everybody definitely uh, make sure you check him out. Um, subscribe, see what they're up to on social media as well. Um, you know, I, 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 I appreciate the journey of, of how you got here now. And, but not only that, you know, the focus, you know, as we've been talking about, you know, um, you know, producing high quality content for uh, like-minded outdoor people in that sense. Um, so, so I love that. And mm-hmm. as you all continue on, I wish you all the best of luck. Thanks so much, Jeremy. This was, this was a fun conversation. Glad to talk. Thanks for listening. And hey, if you made it this far and like what you've heard, go ahead and hit that subscribe button and let your friends know about life in motion. Until next time.